Welcome to The Edge and Beyond, a podcast by Intel, where we're making sense of use cases across industries such as retail, banking, hospitality, and education. You're going to hear tech considerations, best practices, how-tos, and recommendations. It's all here on To The Edge and Beyond. Hello and welcome to The Edge and Beyond, the series that makes sense of use cases across industries, brought to you by the Intel Internet of Things Group. In this episode, we're going to explore creating a seamless customer experience with micro-fulfillment centers, trending use cases, and the innovation enabled by Intel's Internet of Things Group. I'm your host, Shelby Skurhawk, and today I'm joined by Paul Zaskowski, Director of Engineering, and Naren Kumar, Retail Segment Manager at Intel. Gentlemen, welcome. Thank you. Good morning. Thank you for having us. Good morning. So let's start by looking at the retail industry right now. I mean, in the middle of a pandemic when online commerce is the lifeline for people, what you know, whether they're buyers that are, you know, sheltered at home, getting everything delivered, or sellers, you know, small business owners who've shifted their brick and mortar stores online. The, the pandemic has really forever changed the technology of fulfillment. So, Naren, can you give us a snapshot of the industry and share those challenges that retailers, uh, you know, both large and small, are are facing in trying to meet consumer demand? Shelby, uh, thank you for giving me this opportunity to speak here. A great, great topic, and uh, we're excited to come in and share our perspective. Um, retail industry has been undergoing changes for the pandemic. We all know it. I think uh, mm-hmm. during the pandemic, it has only accelerated the changes uh, quite tremendously. Uh, 15% of consumers have been shopping online even before the pandemic. But during the peak of the pandemic, uh, as you all know, only essential stores were open. And I think you rightfully said online commerce was the lifeline during the peak of the pandemic. And that really drove greater than 30% of shoppers you know, shopping online. So there was growth uh, even before the pandemic, growth of it online commerce. And during the, the pandemic, there was a low peak time. Leading retailers have recognized the trend the growing trend of consumers shopping online. And they start investing, they start exploring uh, micro-fulfillment centers to process online orders faster, leveraging technologies like robots and AI, and do it in a very cost-effective manner. Like robots are used for you know, uh, cost-effective picking. Mm-hmm. Of course, packing is done by warehouse people, and they pack and get it dispatched uh, for delivery to consumers. Talking about delivery, the expectations are changing as well. A few years back, two day was norm, and then the next day delivery uh, came in. And today, we're talking about same day delivery. We're talking about same hour delivery. So consumers can get, you know, uh, the expectations of delivery has changed. And of course, consumers can get their deliveries um, delivered at home, or they may choose uh, curbside options as well for delivery. So just again, to your point of large and small retailers, how they're embracing uh, and how the small retailers trying to meet up the demand. I think both retailers, either large or small, uh, see fully automated micro-fulfillments 
centers are solving their business challenges for sure. However, you know, large retailers, they have the capital to invest in these uh, technologies and they're already doing it. Uh, small retailers, however, they're constrained with capital. Uh, the good news is that these micro fulfillment center solution providers are going in a partnership arrangement with these retailers and enabling these retailers to meet those surging online demands, meet the delivery expectations, and then and still maintain the customer loyalty. So, yeah. So, I mean, you know, consumer expectations, you know, the number of consumers that are shopping online, you said it, have doubled from 15% to 30%. And the expectations for delivery times and speeds are, are have only grown from there, right? Right. Uh, you know, um, again, during the uh, before the pandemic, it was about 15%. Uh, uh, during the peak, peak pandemic, that's when all the essential stores were open, non-essentials were all closed. That's when the, the online demand went greater than 30%. Today, as you all know, that you know, even the non-essential stores are open, restaurants are open, uh, maybe in limited capacity. And certainly, you know, taking pandemic protocols in consideration, uh, we don't think uh, the, the the shopping consumer shopping is that high, greater than thirty percent. But nevertheless, retailers are recognizing their growing trend, growing trend of consumers shopping online. Absolutely. Well, and. You mentioned the fulfillment technology of automated micro-fulfillment centers. So, Paul, what are the basic logistics of a micro-fulfillment center and what problems do they help solve? And I guess as a follow-up to that, you know, what are the, the key technical considerations that you need to be taking into account when retailers are looking at the possibility of implementing automated micro-fulfillment centers? Um, that's a, it's actually a lot to consider there. So let's let's take it break it down a little bit. MFCs uh, really are all about uh, fulfillment efficiency, right? How do you do it in a really efficient manner, and then how do you do it in a relatively small footprint that near to the consumers? Uh, all about expediting that delivery to the consumers. Um, so it really depends upon the space that's available. Uh, and an MSV, MFC can be a dedicated building all by itself. And I think that's what we typically think about. But the concept really scales down quite well to sizes even as low as like 5,000 square feet. Uh, that allows retailers options of uh, putting it in a strip mall or even in the back of a store, or isolating an area and, and putting an MFC in the back of the store, uh, which allows you to, again, get much closer to the consumer's than you might in that traditional large uh, fulfillment type warehouse. And the automation uh, goes and reduces the labor costs. It uh, helps to eliminate some of that human error. Uh, it increases the density of that usable space. And it can expedite the pulling and the, and the sorting of the products. But it really depends upon what you're trying to do, what problems you're trying to solve. So the automation can be accomplished by complex robots that pull and stack bins and deliver them to a human uh, that checks them, packs them for delivery. And that kind of sounds futuristic, but it's really, it's not all have to be humanoid, like, you know, C-3PO or something. <laughs> um, it can be a robotic arm. Uh, as simple as something like a robotic arm that just grabs the product and puts it on a shuttle or even a conveyor belt 
that moves it to the packing area, right? It's all about, again, what does that space look like? What business problems are you trying to solve? There's so many different options here. Um, so the types of technologies uh, that you might want to put in an MS MFC really vary by the technology provider. Um, the type of the space, the size of the space, uh, the type of products, right? Grocery might be very different than, say, um, boxed uh, packaged goods. Mm -hmm. the, the number of retailers sharing space, right? If do you have, um, you know, are you combining spaces between multiple retailers in order to, to optimize your efficiency uh, for this last mile delivery and for smaller retailers? So some of these things to consider what might be like, what is going to be the role of the human versus the automations? And this is both the employees and the consumers themselves, uh, how they interact with this kind of more automated uh, system that you, you might put in there. So for example, do you want uh, a full automation where the robots actually put the items into a smart locker that's accessible to the consumer, right? You can automate the whole process. Or, or do you want the rob robots to just bring the item to an end of an aisle inside of the, the store where an employee can pick it up and pack it? So in these examples that you mentioned, uh, we're not talking about large warehouses that are full of stacks of boxes, product, and machinery. We're talking about existing uh, brick-and-mortar stores, maybe, that have been a portion of it converted into these MFCs. Right. It absolutely can be. And, and again, this all comes back to what are the problems, the basic business problems that you're trying to solve. You're, you're trying to make it more efficient to get your goods to the consumer uh, in, the, in that last mile type of a space. Um, and so how can we set up? There are so many options, right? How do we set up the right space for you to fit within your existing business processes um, and, and make that delivery more efficient? Um, and and there, you know, some of the other considerations might be safety, right? How, how do you make sure that these things that you're putting in here are safe to interact with humans or, or security, right? If again, if you have multiple different retailers that are mm -hmm. there or, or, you know, we, we, man, how many, um, you know, how many security breaches have we seen recently? How do we, how do we make sure that all of this stuff is, is actually secure? Uh, it really comes down to, um, you know, the, the business problem and, and, and other things, sometimes you don't think about often you think about the CapEx problem, how much money is this going to cost to put in, but, but you also got to think about the OPEX, right? What, what is it going to take to maintain and operate right. this space? Mm -hmm. um, and, and how are mm -hmm. there ways that you can do that more efficiently? And so there's all a whole set of another set of technologies that go into helping to maintain and make sure that this continues operationally in an efficient manner. So I think of the, I guess, when you talk about the types of, of technology and the robots that are implemented, um, I'm thinking about the difference between C-3PO and R2-D2. <laughs> <laughs> Very different, yes. And, and they can do different things and solve different problems. Well, Naren, I've read that um, Kroger, Best Buy, uh, PepsiCo, I mean, these are just some of the ones that are uh, embracing MFCs to cut costs and up efficiency. Uh, can you speak to that trend and share how these micro-fulfillment centers can help smaller retails keep up with these larger online retailers? Yeah, I think, Shelby, a uh, great question. I think, you know, the type of retailers that you've mentioned, it also kind of gives you the fact of who are they, the type of retailers, and they seeing value. Initially, grocery type of retailers, you know, embraced micro-fulfillment centers 
because it was meeting, it was solving their business challenges, right? Mm-hmm. To meet the online demands, uh, deliver expectation, and then, uh, you know, maintain their customer loyalty for grocery type of retailers. But soon, like you yourself said, you mentioned a few names, but other retailers like consumer electronics, luxury department stores, health and beauty, and even CPG company, as you mentioned, uh, they are also embracing uh, MFCs. Why? Because I think it's going back to all the goodness what just Paul talked about. And automated micro-fulfillment centers is helping them to you know, process orders faster and do it in a cost-effective way using robots so you could do faster picking and driving down the cost. So there is definitely, you know, uh, uh, there's a lot of um, good goodness with this technology. There's also the optimization in with, with the last mile delivery, I think, which Paul mentioned. More often, these retailers and service providers they locate um, or they install MFCs closer to consumers. Mm-hmm. We've seen, you know, less than 10 miles uh, in radius to consumers with the intent that the closer you are to the consumer, you can deliver faster. Um, and that's how you're able to meet the same day, same uh, hour type of expectation. And then, of course, cut down the cost of delivery as well, which is very, very important. A, a good Proof point that I have seen a retailer based in Asia, uh, that region, a store with the back of the store turned into a micro-fulfillment center. They're able to process orders five times more than a traditional store with no uh, technology. So that's one scenario. And then another CPG company has reported about 7.5x units of processing, volume processing, with an automated warehouse compared to a non-automated warehouse. So there's definitely speed, there's definitely cost-effective factor. Uh, And to your point, small retailers, smaller retailers, uh, they get it. They get the trend. They get the trend of online shoppers. You know, they they don't want to lose uh, their customers. They don't want to be lost in this. So they're looking at partnership opportunities with these uh, micro-fulfillment solution providers uh, in a way that they could still bring this technology in their uh, locations and meet the growing online demands. And then, of course, stay uh, maintain the customer loyalty, which is what they're looking for, and still do it profitably. So, Paul, uh, when we talk about the technology that Intel enables. How is Intel powering these solutions? And uh, when we think about the the partners, you know that are that are helping deploy these solutions. What is, what's some of the feedback that you've heard from them? And the I guess what's the importance of partners to Intel's technology solutions? I think people often view Intel as a compute supplier, um, and and we certainly are. Right? Um, that's that's what we're known for and really good at. And and compute is, of course, required from everything from the interface terminals to the robots. But we're really involved with a whole lot more. So not not only do we have a lot of the technologies uh, that can help with uh, designing and running an MFC, uh, but we have a lot of experience and expertise, I think, in how to best use those technologies in a way that that helps to solve the business problem. And And again, a lot of this comes back to 
you know, the, the old uh, story of how, how to write in space, right? You don't need to design a million dollar pen. Sometimes the pencil works better. Uh, so it's really evaluating uh, what that looks like and, and, and how, to, how to solve the problem in the, with the right tools. Um, and, and so, for instance, uh, what, what sensor is, is best to use? Uh, cameras are all the rage, but sometimes a, a LIDAR, radar, radar is, you know, relatively cheap, you know, technology that's been around forever. And, and there's a lot of value to it. Uh, audio, right? Touch interfaces. Uh, each has its strengths and weaknesses that may impact uh, how you interact and how uh, with your, your MFC and how this all fits within your, um, your area. Intel also has a lot of foundational technologies like the hardware-based security uh, that's super important as you design this from the, from the ground up. We can uh, you know, work with uh, middleware efforts in, in like the Linux Foundation, for instance, that, that make it easier to integrate and upgrade your system. So back to what I had mentioned before around it's not just the initial capex of getting this set up. It's the opex of how do you continually make it um, you know, efficient uh, to maintain and upgrade, add additional capabilities. Uh, we have tools like OpenVINO, uh, you know, the, the, oh, for, mentioned the computer vision and the cameras. Um, uh, OpenVINO has a, a full suite of AI models uh, freely available to help get kick-started uh, a lot of the, the functions and features of, of automating uh, an MFC. And we have uh, technologies in, in things like networking uh, that uh, to facilitate, you know, provide that foundational communication uh, links between all of the devices and the systems in, in the MFC. And, and of course, we have that vast ecosystem of partners that you referenced uh, with the, the solutions um, leveraging Intel technologies uh, that can also help to ensure your solution is optimized to, to solve your business needs. Naren, is there anything you'd add to that? Yeah, absolutely. I think well said, Paul, from a technology perspective and talking about ecosystem, um, uh, our partners, uh, like Paul was indicating, our partners look at us as someone who could help them solve their business challenges. Um, so really, it's a true partnership. They value that, hey, we want to work with them hand in hand to help them solve their big pain points. We hear good, you know, good feedback from our customers that, you know, if we not just give technologies, but we're much more than that helping them. And so they really appreciate the type of uh, enabling that we do, the type of technologies we bring, and always, you know, continuing to, you know, help them improve their existing processes. So uh, again, uh, the ecosystem appreciates the technologies we bring and then also appreciate the partnership uh, with Intel. Well, fantastic stuff. Paul Zaskowski and Naren Kumar, thank you so much for joining us today. A pleasure. Our pleasure. And for listeners wanting to partner with Intel, uh, how do they get in touch with you? Yeah, so from, uh, this is Naren. Um, really, uh, for one, thank you for this opportunity, Shelby. I think it's, uh, it's an amazing space and an amazing technology to be talking about. Retailers, if you're looking for, uh, looking to explore MFC or microperformance solution providers, we're happy to recommend. We have, uh, we have few ecosystem partners in this space. We definitely would love to recommend these options to you. And very specifically to the micro fulfillment solution providers, again, we want to be your partners. We want to help you solve your business challenges. Um, we have some amazing technologies that just Paul talked about. 
you know, that'll help you drive down your cost. I know cost is a big factor for you all. And uh, we think technologies that we have might help you uh, accomplish those goals and also drive up your business goals. So we truly want to be your uh, technology partner. And, you know, if you wish to connect, please connect with me, Narain Kumar on LinkedIn. And Paul, how can listeners reach out to you? Thanks for asking, Shelby. My team and I are really uh, looking forward to working uh, with uh, the, the retailers and the technology providers uh, to, to really understand those, those business problems, uh, to understand how we can help use the right tools to solve the right job to optimize your, your operation. So I look forward to, uh, to chatting with you. Please connect with me uh, through LinkedIn under Paul Ziskowski. Thank you. Well, and I want to thank our audience for tuning in to The Edge and Beyond, the series that makes sense of use cases across industries. Brought to you by the Intel IoT Group. Make sure you subscribe to stay up to date with the latest in thought leadership from Intel. Until next time, I'm Shelby Skirhawk.